the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Ladies and gentlemen, children, prepare yourself. It's tax day. You only have... X amount of hours until the day ends to pay your taxes and to send in your tax forms. Wait, wait. We don't have to pay our taxes today? They've been delayed? What happened? I've been Cinder Rumple Stiltskin for a while, sleeping. Wait, there's a virus? It's just starting to hit our economy? Yes. And things are being delayed. Taxes. We knew that they were always due on April 15th, let's file extension. You didn't even have to file extension. New York City may lose 475,000 jobs and $10 billion in taxes, a new report says. Best Buy laying off 50,000 associates or employees. Good news and bad news. It's their highest cost of business, paying people. Bad news is now those people are going to have to march down to unemployment. That's good news because Best Buy is not going to pay them. It's bad news because Best Buy is not going to pay them as well. Um, Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci just said something that I think I should throw out there. He says professional sports must play without fans and quarantine players if they're going to come back this summer. Yesterday, Gavin Newsom said, I don't see the NFL playing in the state of California or the NHL or the NBA until November 2021. Fauci said maybe this summer we can do it with no fans in the stands. Obviously, maybe the truth is somewhere in between. I don't know. And that's the biggest damnation of this whole process. It's a damnation game. You can't win to lose. You can't lose to win. You're you're dealing with the devil at this point in time, and the devil always wins. If you think we're going to get out of this in the summer, probably not going to happen. Or maybe it'll be rolling. That was a concept that's starting to get pushed pretty hard. If you've noticed, the Trump administration in their health care updates now aren't pumping out Fauci's and they're not pumping out um, health experts. They're pumping out economists now. They're pumping out governors. They're pumping out senators. They're economic conferences. How do we get the economy back going? I don't know how I feel about that. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, lots going on. Trying to pin this all on a you know a guy eating bat soup in China, and how that led to a toilet paper shortage, shows you that the world is truly interconnected in odd ways. Isn't there a phrase something that goes something along the lines of a butterfly in Japan could cause a tsunami in the United States? There's something like that, and a guy eating bat soup in China leads to paper shortages. It's pretty surreal to go through. Um, I'm not a believer that Charmin is responsible for COVID in any way, shape, or form. I'm not a conspiracy guy. You may be. 
Um, and how we define conspiracy is also pretty important. Um, McCormick CEO is saying sales are going great. People are consuming a lot of our food supply. Right? There's also other companies that if you walk around a grocery store, I'm usually not an investor in grocery stores. But when I walk around and I see Pepsi, I'm like, you know what? People are probably going to have Pepsis and Doritos. I, I, I see that as surviving. Will there be some down because people aren't doing as much Gatorade, doing sports? Maybe. Maybe. But then I see McCormick on the shelves, and I see Campbell's Soup on the shelves. I see Procter & Gamble on the shelves, Johnson & Johnson on the shelves, Coca-Cola. And then you start running out of names. Nestle? Sure, we'll throw in Nestle. But the food sources in the United States, we have about eight major suppliers at any grocery store. And that's fascinating because what we've learned is we still eat. Even though people are dying, we still eat. Hey, California launches a new policy for the DMV. <laughs> if you're over a certain age, you don't have to get a driver's license for the next four months. They're delaying it for you if yours is expired. And I'm like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> we don't need seniors in America, especially in California where I live. Um, how shall we say? Uh, not getting their, their driver's test. I'm just being kind of a jerk right now. Go with it. Uh, U.S. economic data shows deep head in March and a collapse in April. That's what we got out of the data today. And I'm okay with that because that sounds about right. Uh, in the last four weeks, I have not been inside one restaurant. I'm not a big fan of curbside. I've picked up a couple pizzas, but I'm not a big fan of curbside food. So I'm cooking more. So then that goes back to the retail sales of grocery stores, not as bad as you know the retail sales of automobile companies. So, and we saw that today. Economic data shows, write this down, tattoo it on your arm, deep hit in March, collapse in April. We're halfway through April, and I don't see us going back immediately, although maybe some states do. I certainly don't have a pulse on Arkansas. I certainly don't have a pulse on North Dakota or South Dakota. Idaho, oh, I don't know. So I'm going with the data that I see. Um, and I, I think it won't, I, I do think some areas will come back, but the important areas, New York, LA, Chicago, San Francisco, uh, Atlanta, they're not coming back anytime soon. The corners of our, the coastal cities of our economy are struggling. And that's where a lot of business is done. So here's a pickup line, not try. During COVID coronavirus outbreak, is that pneumonia in my lungs or have you just left me breathless? Don't try that one. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I was thinking about doing some stand-up on Friday, and now I'm thinking that may not be the best idea. Markets are lower today after having a big run. Big run. Would I take the last six days, five days up, one day down? Absolutely. 100%. Um, but this is how the game plays right now. As the economic data gets worse, we should focus on that. And we should say, I talked to Patrick O'Hare earlier in the day, and you should listen to the replay. Um, the reality is the economic data, the stock market was expensive when this crisis started. As earnings get obliterated, messed up, shaken down 20%, down 30%, down 40%, down 50%, 
those valuations are going to look even higher if we go back to all-time highs. As we came lower, the valuations came lower. But now we have to factor in losing earnings for one quarter, two quarters, three quarters, four. We know there's a lot of stimulus coming. That's good. We kind of have that backdrop. When I play baseball, I'm not going to go throw to a kid and have him miss the ball nine times and have me, you know, throw five wild pitches unless there's a backstop, right? Our backstop for our economy right now is the Federal Reserve and Congress spending money. I still want to see Berkshire Hathaway do something. And until they do, I'm not convinced we've hit a bottom. Not every recession I've been through, but essentially every recession I've been through, Warren Buffett either comes out and says, I'm buying stocks. I find that this is disturbingly cheap. Good. I'm in. Or if he lends money to Wells Fargo, I'm in. Or if he buys part of Boeing and does some sort of magical convertible debt transference into stock where he makes all the money and I don't, I'm in. I want to see a guy who takes advantage of low markets take advantage of a low market. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. A little later in the show, going to replay that Patrick O'Hare interview. Stick around for that one. That's a good one. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I think on Friday I'm going to try to do some COVID humor. I'm not ready yet. I thought about it last night. There's some pretty cute, you know, pictures of people in face masks getting married and kissing each other. I'm like, "Ah, okay. But I'm not a young man and I'm not single and I can't pick up young women with lines like, you smell so good. Is that Purell you're wearing? I'm not going to do that today. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Can't spell virus without you and I. The pickup lines are pretty creative right now. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm looking at the markets in kind of the way uh, that I should. We, we're not even out of the number of people dying. And I made that mistake in one of the last big you know, disasters in California was the wildfires, where people were asking me, what do you think is going to happen with PG&E? What do you think is going to happen with PG&E? A lot of California people worked it. Pacific Gas and Electric, and their retirements were t- are tied up in the pension, and their retirements are tied up in their stock. A lot of people are upset, and right now I'm getting a lot, what do you think about the stock market? What do you think about the stock market? I made the mistake with the PG and wildfires and saying, I can't really tell you because a dead person has a dollar value, and we don't know how many dead people are there. We can quantify all the math except for the, the counting of the bodies, and then the lawsuits in the, the court saying, you know, you're a horrible company, PG&E, and you deserve to be punished 10 times more than what the law says you should, or 11 times or 12 times. Same thing's going on right now. It's really tough to quantify an economy when we're not even through the death phase of this viral run. If I could look back, and I don't even want a list of my radio shows from a month ago. I feel naive. 
We knew this was going to uh, attack and pillage the healthcare industry. We got that right. We knew that it was going to kill probably about the same as the common cold, but the difference is the common cold doesn't send people to the hospital with pneumonia-like symptoms that are incredibly expensive to treat. And again, I don't want to talk about the health angle on this. I'm not an expert. I'm more so retail sales plunged 8.7% in March, and today, the same day, you're seeing Best Buy lay off 50,000 employees. They went through the process, and they did what they were supposed to, tried to keep people on as long as they could, just in case it was a stay-at-home instead of two weeks, it was four weeks. They could have gone through that. But they're telling us when they're letting go that many people, it is pretty clear as the nose on your face, they don't expect to open stores anytime soon. Now, you may be optimistic, but I think you're silly for being optimistic. Um, I'm... Building in the worst case scenarios in my head. But I'm also saving a lot of money right now. I'm not getting healthier. I'm eating healthier, but I'm not exercising as much as I used to. A lot of trade offs, right? Gold is having its biggest rally since 2012. I've been in the financial media markets and the financial markets for over 20 plus years. I hate gold. There's nothing I like about gold. Um, it doesn't have a job. It doesn't have earnings. It doesn't have productivity. There's nothing that I like about it. On occasion, if Donald Trump were to say something along the lines of, coming out of this economic recession, I want everyone to have a gold toilet. I'd be like, ooh, there's some demand for it. But right now, gold is used as a, it's better than the stock market. It's better than the dollar. And I don't like that. That hasn't worked out over the last 2,000 years. Gold's utility is virtually nil, other than as an ornament or as a coin or as a bar. Now, I can tell you if the recession goes worse than we think it will, if we're talking 20% unemployment goes to 40% unemployment, gold will have no value because that's at the point in time where we're buying shotguns to keep people from stealing from us. That's the point in time where we're hoarding so gold to me isn't a, a safe haven thing. Maybe to a point, it's a hedge against the stock market, but that hasn't really played out terribly well. Short term, do I want some gold? Sure. Am I going to buy some gold? No. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money investing and more. Maybe Friday in the 8 o'clock hour, I'll do some stand-up tied towards... Um, COVID. I don't know. I was thinking about it last night. It seemed like a good idea. And then today it feels like not so good. You can only write so many jokes that we can be rewritten in so many ways. Two types of shoppers we've learned in the recent COVID mess. People that buy all the toilet paper and people that buy all the beer. I know you're saying, okay, whatever. Anyway, I expected anarchy and zombies. Instead, what we get with the apocalypse is staying at home without toilet paper. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Homeowners seeking mortgage relief with the U.S. economy. A lot of my friends own homes, and a lot of them are a little stretched. So I work with New Focus, but I'm not front-facing to the client. I'm more kind of big-picture. Um, so the clients that I see are like my friends and family, right? 
4% of mortgage borrowers have stopped making their payments. We've learned that 30% of renters have stopped making their rent payments. That's a pretty big number. 4% of mortgage borrowers? The number's obviously climbing fast. Um, and when do we start saying, you know, okay, you haven't paid your mortgage in a while, and now we're going to foreclose on you? If you think you're going to get free money for your home or forgiven forever, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, yeah, you may be able to delay a month, two months, three months payments, but you're still going to owe those payments. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. There's a lot of confusion right now, like I was just talking about with mortgage homeowners. Um, not wanting to make their mortgage payment. CFP Chad Burton's put together a pretty good list of how to file for money if you're a small business, how to file for perks, extended benefits if you're self-employed. Check them out at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Oil's below $20 a barrel. Retail sales plunged 8.7%. Um more and more business is going to be done online in the future, in my opinion. You're seeing Redfin say that the number of people who did home tours online was about one half of 1% of home buyers three months ago. And that's the statistic they gave us. Now it's 33%. That's an industry that's going to get rocked. I hear a lot of commercials on radio and television about real estate. If you don't think, if you think they're going to whistle through the graveyard and be okay on this, you're insane. A lot of failures are coming with unemployment. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. Um, Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Let's bring on Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, his regular time slot. It's a good time to talk markets because there's a lot of volatility and people make a lot of decisions based on their feelings and their emotions. Let's talk to someone who has those things, but not necessarily when it comes to the stock market. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. You freaking out yet or are you still good? <laughs> I'm um, no, yeah, still good, still good, hanging in there. That's good news. Um, recent market events. Last week we had a, a big up week. The week before that we had a big down week. I believe one of them was the second biggest up week ever. One of them was the second biggest down week ever. Um, what do you think? How do you feel about where we are in this process of the market kind of digesting the news? Yeah, you know, I think we're kind of in the the middle ground now, right? You had the had the shock of of everything, obviously, when you saw the crash, you know, from February nineteenth to uh, to you know March twenty third, basically, when you had that thirty five percent drawdown, fastest decline and you know seen ever, and and uh, and I think you know there was a, a willingness at the time, obviously, with the efforts afoot to try to provide stimulus on both the fiscal and monetary policy fronts to think that. Um, you know that uh, that this whole situation would be mitigated by that, and that you could potentially get back to you know quote normal sooner rather than later. And so uh, the notion that you had a kind of a washed out market that was ripe for a bounce, you know, 
brought us back some, and uh, and then just given the I think the experience with past episodes through market history, you know, this fear of missing a rebound um, also kicked in, which then created some short covering activity that you know exacerbated the recovery, uh, and lo and behold. You know, we run almost 30% off of that low in just several weeks' time. So, uh, but, you know, I think, you know, what's dawning on the market now, though, is, um, is one, it hasn't really properly accounted for uh, what's going to be a severe earnings decline. And when you get some really um, sobering economic data like we got this morning, it's kind of just something that reorients the market's mindset into understanding that it's probably has gotten too complacent in pricing this idea of a return to normal back into the market. And uh, and now you're in this kind of retrenchment period here when uh, the hope of recovery clashes with the reality of the economic situation on the ground. Well said, and thank you. Next thought tied towards that is earnings season. You kind of implied there that we've processed the death, the COVID, the infections, the hospital overruns. Now we're starting to go into the earnings. I think the banks have done the majority of the earnings. A little bit of United Healthcare, but how are you feeling about earnings season? And isn't earnings season only going to really reflect one month of lockdown, the great lockdown as it's being referred to, of March? Yeah, so, <laughs> second quarter earnings going to be more right. important than the first quarter. But anyway, you that, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that that's right, Rob. I mean, you know, you don't have the full effect, obviously, of the of the shutdown measures in these first quarter results. Um, but the market is certainly cognizant that, you know, kind of what what these companies are saying about what happened in March is certainly going to carry over into April and into the second quarter and be even worse, really. Um, you know, with respect to the banks, um, the issue for them is, and for the market, really, is kind of what they're talking about in terms of credit conditions. And all of them so far, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, PNC, U.S. Bank, you know, they've all have taken large, made large increases in the provision for credit losses, which is just, you know, a prudent and, and understandable reflection of, of, you know, of what's going on right now. And, and what that says, basically, is they're expecting the potential for, you know, loan defaults to pick up. Uh, and, and that's understandable when you look at the trend uh, in initial claims right now, um, the loss of income for so many people or the reduced income for so many people, uh, the, 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 the news you're getting in terms of mortgage forbearance requests. I mean, it's going to be um, obviously a very you know, challenging uh, period. And, and I think what, uh, you know, one broader point to take away from that is that when banks are going are, are raising their provision for credit losses you know what they're going to do at the same time they're going to tighten their lending standards for you know for new loans and that becomes an impediment as uh, the market or as the economy tries to work its way out of this situation you know you can get some recovery obviously uh, when things start to reopen but uh, when the expansion of credit is is restricted somewhat by these tighter lending standards, you're not going to get the you know the velocity factor kicking in as 
you know, as as strongly as a lot of people would hope. And that is another way of saying that, you know, we're not anticipating there being a, quote, V-shaped recovery uh, and that this probably, you know, plays itself out over a longer period of time than people would like to see. Sounds about right. The economic data started getting a little bit worse today with retail sales. And again, I just it dawns on me this is this is just starting. I've been in quarantine for four weeks or whatever I've been, and they're talking. You know, concerts not coming back, uh, sporting events not coming back. Maybe in California till November of 2021. Yeah, I'll take that as a grain of salt, but I'll also say maybe it could happen. Um, mm-hmm. We, what are what are you feeling from the Chicago area? Um, mm. Obviously, we have different governors, and it seems like we're paying more attention to our governors now than we are our president. Well, feeling a little depressed because it's actually snowing outside right now as we speak. But aside from that, um, you know, I think that you're capturing the you know what most people need to, to capture in terms of how how to think about you know the months ahead. Um, you know, and this is not just the U.S situation and this is a global situation um, yeah. you know I saw a, uh, a news item earlier uh, that you know Germany is contemplating you know suspending large gatherings until the end of August right so um, so you're not going to see you know that springboard you know effect that you, that you'd like to see and, and while we're all anxious to, I think in a way to get out there so to speak, um, the option to get out there and enjoy these large public gatherings won't won't be available in the same way that it was. So you're going to see a lot of startling economic data um, in the in the coming weeks, and uh, and that that shouldn't be a surprise, right? I don't think that the market will be surprised by that. I think the market, when it was selling off and crashing 35 percent, was waking up to that reality. It knew that things were going to look really, really bad, and so um, but now, kind of what I was referencing earlier, when you see when you see the reality hit you in the face, like it did today with the retail sales number, the New York Empire State Manufacturing Survey, the NAHB Home Builder Index, right, um, and the Industrial Production Report, you know, when that reality hits you in the face, then you do have to kind of take a step back and look at where kind of things are as it relates to the stock market, and, and, it, and it just kind of cools things down in terms of sort of this... Um, you know, this rally effort we've been seeing unfold in recent weeks, uh, because it's just a reminder that, you know, it's not going back to normal uh, with the flip of a switch. And uh, and the idea that, you know, large sporting events and concerts and all of that are going to kind of have to remain on hold for the time being uh, is, uh, is an unfortunate situation, but it goes to show that, um, you know, things are, are going to unfold a little more slowly than people would like on this recovery phase. So I'll give you the last couple of minutes to talk about anything that you want to talk about other than my questions and run with it. Right. Well, you know, we, um, you know, been uh, obviously at the start of an earnings season here. And, you know, I think, you know, as we, as we, as we look at the market right now, right, uh, yesterday at its high, it was trading at 18.3 times forward 12 month earnings. You know, that's a 22% premium to the 10-year average. 
And I think, uh, you know, investors at this point have to ask themselves, you know, should the market really be trading there right now, given how messy the economic situation is? And knowing that the earnings estimate on which that multiple is predicated is still subject to a serious downward revision. So, you have a market right now that has done well, but it's somewhat rich, really, here, I think, in light of the, the earnings outlook. And therefore, we think the upside potential from here is probably constrained for a bit as uh, market participants wake up to that situation. Now, with less than a minute and a half, you've got young children, I've got young children. Let's end with a message that you would be telling your children right now. As it relates to this, to the stock market outlook? Yeah, or, yeah something like or, that. Maybe yeah. COVID, the disasters, yeah, sure. retail sales, the economy, recession. Like They're going through it, a lot of them, for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I try to tell them that, you know, this is a serious situation. Um, and, uh, and and it's not something that, you know, you, you just bounce back from quickly. But I also uh, balance that with this idea that, you know, for someone who is young, um, who has a lot of time ahead of them, this is still a good time to be in the market because um, you have the benefit of time on your side. It's rough right now. Um, time will heal these wounds, and earnings growth will pick up again. And as that happens, you know, stock prices will continue to, you know, continue their long-term historical trend, which is which is higher. And so you have to be patient, but there's opportunity here for those who really do have a long time to uh, to be in the market. Thanks for your messages, and thanks for helping my young producers, 25-ish, just signed up for briefing, and he's checking out your stuff every day. So making new fans all the time you are. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> Patrick O'Hare, uh, briefing.com has been a resource of mine in the last recession and the recession before that. We're going through another recession. They're a resource that has been around. We've been through this before. Patrick definitely has. Um, consult a broker advisor for getting action on anything, but also consider you know, checking out briefing.com at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Markets are lower, considerably lower, and that's okay. Global cases surpassed 2 million. Researchers warn social distancing may need to stay in place until 2022. That's not okay, because there's a lot of questions with it. And we're hearing a lot of questions right now on when can we go back to work? When can we not go back to work? Uh, what will it look like? Will people over 60 ever be able to shop at a Safeway again? Or should they have their own special hours for people who might be compromised with age health concerns? We don't know. When will schools go back? When will sporting events go back? Too many questions. And one day, Trump saying, it's my decision. The next day, he said, it's the governor's decision. But I'll let you know if they don't do it good, then it's going to be my decision. And you're like, oh, this is a mess. Give us some some outliers when we see a flattening of the curve. When And I, I give Gavin Newsom a lot of credit yesterday. Three groups of governors got together, one in the Northeast, one in the Northwest, um, and some in the middle states, and basically said, what's this going to look like when this ends? And how do we bring people back? And Gavin Newsom kind of had a point-by-point analysis. Good for him. Part of it was we need to be able to track, um, trace 
So if I go, if we go back to work, say in August and I get sick, they need to be able to figure out everyone I've touched, everyone I've been near. And Google and Apple have stand to benefit from this because the best way to track people is something they have on their body every day, a phone. And Bluetooth to Bluetooth, as you're walking by, you can start tracing people and who they've come in contact with and who they haven't. That brings up serious privacy issues that I know a lot of people are going to be very freaked out about. But what sort of compromises do we make? And again, Edward Snowden, do you remember him, the whistleblower, the guy who leaks government documents and couldn't find a place to stay in Russia? He said, watch out, we may be giving up too many of our freedoms to governments that want to track us now. I don't know. That's not what I do on this show. I talk about the economy. I talk about investments. I talk about those things that I can help you on. Maxing out your 401k. I'm not stoked the market's not an all-time high. Actually, I am stoked it's not an all-time high because I'm not retired. And I still have years ahead of me of buying more. Our recessions tend to last four to eight quarters. Two to eight quarters is the right answer. This one's going to last more than two, is my assumption, based on some of the questions on when do people get back to doing business as they want it to. I'm saving money right now. That's not good for the economy. I hate saying that. One of the best things about our nation is that we spend our paychecks. One of the worst things is we don't have emergency funds, and we don't think we need emergency funds until, whoops, we need emergency funds. McCormick. This is fascinating to me. McCormick is out there, and they're saying our products are selling really well. There's going to be winners and losers. We know Zoom's a winner. We know broadband's a winner. We know um, streaming websites are winners, right? We can see all of that. But how about McCormick Spices? Why are they a winner? Spices. And if you go back to... The last time plagues, not the last time, let me be smart about this. There was a point in time where we would send uh, voyagers out, people uh, with boats, explorers, to find new spices. Spices were a thing. Um, So McCormick Spices is saying things are going really, really well for our company right now. Our products are on fire. Now, you have to be very, very careful. Don't go out and buy McCormick's and Schmidt. Go out and buy McCormick's. I know you're saying, oh, you're kidding. It's like buy, the difference in buying Cisco, Cisco, and Cisco. There's Cisco with a C, and that is a networking equipment company known for servers and routers, switches and routers. Then there's the other one. Um, Cisco, the food delivery company, I like the food delivery company a hell of much right now. That makes sense. We have to resupply our restaurants. We have to resupply our cafeterias. We have to resupply our grocery stores. So there's a difference in Cisco's. AT&T said 5G is still coming out. So actually, I like the other Cisco, too. The Cisco with a C. The Cisco I don't like is the Cisco, the soul singer. The R&B singer, the guy who does the thong, 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 thong song. I know you're saying, please don't ever do that again. I promise. I'll try not to. But McCormick's is a company that makes spices. Um, They're in 150 countries. I kind of like the company because as I've gotten older, do you remember when you were a kid? You go and you'd say salt and pepper was that, and then you're like, maybe ketchup. 
and then you're like, maybe we should share sauce. And you kind of started sprouting your eyes and now there's so many things. Have you ever cooked with saffron? Oh, saffron and yogurt. Delicious saffron and rice. And you can infuse it yourself and bake it in your oven. Unbelievable. You know, one of the guys I'm really getting to enjoy right now with all my downtime is Jamie Oliver. He's got a show on PBS, five ingredients cooking and he keeps going to saffron. I'm like, yes, and saffron is not cheap. So that's why I like McCormick. Americans like more spices. Maybe we're losing our taste buds. I don't know. With uh, COVID, you do lose your taste buds and your sense of smell. Some people do. I'm not going to talk COVID. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Retail sales plunged. Good news is bad news. We have to go through this. We have to see the job losses. Best Buy gave us job losses today. Thursday, we're going to see first-time unemployment claims. First Friday of the month, we're going to see unemployment numbers and employment numbers. Oil under $20 a barrel. Banks are increasing their reserves. They know it's going to get worse. We have to go through this. Some ups, some downs, some sideways. We have to go through this. We have to see the numbers get worse because they're going to get worse and see them and wait for them. They're coming. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black.